confidence is, you know, reaching for things that, that a version of you might not once reached for. Um, you know, go, go after things, dream big and, and, ju and just keep plowing through. Mm. Um, and, you know, every win, big or small, you know, you, you take it and it all start it all starts with, with the yeses that you say. So, so for me, the first time I really said yes to myself was going to get mental health treatment. The second time I said yes was when I landed in an opportunity to where I was around paddle boards. And, and I said yes to myself the second time instead of saying no. And then that yes led to several other yeses until finally you're saying so many yeses that you just stop saying no to yourself. Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Welcome back to University of Adversity, everyone. Today's guest, his name is Mike Shorman. He is known as the Yes Man. He is a resilience expert speaker, author, and change maker. He works with organizations, schools, and corporations, building winning teams and leaving them feeling stronger than they did before. He is a mental health advocate, athlete, and winner of North America's largest inspirational speaking competition. He is the first person with a disability to be awarded this year's International Stand-Up Paddleboarding Man of the Year Award and is a 2021 nominee to be inducted into the Canadian Disability Hall of Fame. This man has been through a lot and we really dove into his story. I really wanted him to explain what he has gone through, you know, what it was like before and during and, you know, what's going on after. And he really painted a picture for us. And you guys, I'm, I'm telling you that this event that happened in his life really changed the trajectory and he was in a dark place. And what I really got out of this conversation is that no matter what you're going through, the resilience and the belief that your story and what you can do is all possible. And building confidence, the step-by-step, -step, you know, celebrating the wins, you know, the pieces of the confidence that build up, make up your life and make it so that you are able to do the next thing. And those little things become the big thing. So we had a really awesome conversation. I highly recommend checking out all Mike's work, following him on social media. And yeah, if you guys get value from this, share it with somebody that needs it. Tag us in an Instagram story, or if you feel called to do so, leave us a review on Apple. It's always greatly appreciated. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Or if you prefer to watch this on YouTube, go over there and subscribe as well. All right, without further ado, Mike Shorman coming right up. And we're back. Mike, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Thank you. I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Lance. Great, yeah. great, great to see you again. Yeah, man. We made it happen. It's been uh, a bit of a process, but we've both been busy. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful that we're, we're making this happen, man. So um, let's start with your story is pretty, pretty crazy. And it's very inspiring. And, you know, you're somebody that's really taken a difficult situation and turn it into a very positive situation, which not a lot of people can do. So first of all, I want to honor you for that. And I'm really looking forward to diving into your story because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that need inspiration and sometimes they need permission to step into whatever they want to do. So I think your story is really going to help these people. So for those of the folks out there who haven't heard about you or heard about your story, why not walk us through right to the beginning, kind of like the before, before the moment that changed your life. Walk us through that story, okay. that story a little bit. Okay. So I think, you know, at the core, um, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and that started several years ago with uh, tapping into a very niche market. I became, I took a hobby 
um, of mine and I turned it into a profession. So I, I actually took a lesson, uh, a stand-up paddleboarding lesson. Uh, so for those who are listening who don't know what paddleboarding is, it's basically surfing with a paddle. Um, and it's relaxing and, and calming, and it can be fun. Um, you know, wiping out's fun, getting back on's fun. And I was hooked. So, you know, over a series of years, I developed this hobby and, and it just became my passion until I wanted to turn it into a profession. And I had that light bulb moment, like many do, where, where it just kind of clicks and you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'm supposed to be giving people experiences and connecting with people and watching people grow and being part of that development. Um, so, so I set out to do it. I built up a business from the ground up, um, focused on uh, providing amazing experiences that people wouldn't forget. And and it, it was a huge part of my life. It was very exciting. I, you know, I, I live in Toronto. So just north, just north of New York. Uh, you can only paddleboard here six months a year um, because of the weather. So, yeah, it's a bit cold. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty cold. So, so you know, I, ha- I had my, ha- my hat on, my thinking hat on. And I'm thinking, okay, like, you need to make this work somehow what are the options so so I you know developed relationships with people in the industry um in in warmer climates uh so I went out to California to set up a business partnership so that I could uh, be running corporate retreats which would have seen me you know operating there in my off season in Toronto um, mostly doing workshops and retreats going down like the Colorado River um, and, and the Laguna Beach area. Um, so I, I was on top of the world. I was, I was very excited and, and things, were, things were great. And, um, and then I came home and I got very sick very quickly. Um, so what happened was you know, I, I developed a neurological condition rather suddenly. Um, what it was is, have you ever had chicken pox, Lance? Yeah, I believe I did when I was a kid, but I don't okay. remember. Okay, so I did. Um, and all I can really remember is that it was for a few days. It was mild. Um, it was a mild case. Some people have it more intense, but mine was mild. And, um, you know, a few spots, I had to stay home from school, I was itchy. And, and what it what this condition, what the what was happening to me was that that dormant chickenpox virus reactivated in my system, and it attacked my ear. So chickenpox comes back as shingles, and it's very painful. Um, And then shingles is classified in different different areas so so for me it uh it attacked my ear and when it attacks your eye or your ear it's called ramsey hunt syndrome and um and overnight um you know i went from being this vibrant athletic fit guy like tons of fun to not being able to walk my face collapsing on the one side speech vision hearing impairments and my, my mobility was gone. So I lost my sense of balance. And, and with all of that, you know, business is gone. Identity is gone. Independence is gone. Uh, social life, you know, from like this to like this, like it just became really small. And what was the, what was the time span? Like how, so you, you started to get these kind of like the shingles the yeah. that sort of come back walk us through like how that what that looked like at a time frame so on the first day uh it was a it was just a it was a really really bad ear pain like a like a toothache um you know everybody's pain tolerance is different 
I've spoken to, um, I'll, I'll get to it later, but um, somebody else who has this condition is the founder of P90X, Tony Horton. He's a tough guy. Um, he's, he's described this as more painful than having both of your knees blown out at the same time. Um, so excruciating pain. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I was driving myself to the emergency room uh, following being in a walk-in clinic. And, and they said, well, what, what were you doing? What were you doing recently? And I said, oh, I, was, I was surfing in California. And, um, and they said, oh, you have a dirty water in the ear infection. And, and, they, and they sent me home. So a couple of days later, I'm, I'm driving myself to the emergency room and I'm parked at the light and the red is coming out of the circle. And I knew at that moment, this is, this is serious. Like everything became blurry. Um, and, and, you know, they looked at, at my chart. They looked at what was, you know, concluded from that previous appointment and, and they latched onto that. Um, and unfortunately tests won't run. And then, you know, a couple of days later, um, you know, vomiting. I, I, you know, I felt like I'd had a, a wicked night out in college. And when I woke up in the morning that day, like I, I'd just been on a bender and, and, you know, I, I, I had a, I had a really hard time just making it to my bedroom door. Um, and when I went downstairs at my mom's house, who is now looking after me, um, she, she pointed, she brought me over to the mirror and she showed that my face had dropped like I'd had a stroke. Um, so we, we went to a different emergency room and, and, you know, they, they put me on IVs for, for something that was unrelated. So it didn't help. Um, it actually gave me an allergic reaction. And, um, and then a couple of days later, um, you know, a home care nurse was, was assigned to me and, and she was visiting and she said, you need to go back to, you need to go to a hospital right now. Um, and it was there then that they ran tests and, and they came back with, you've missed the 72 hour window for treatment. Um, so, so we're going to do what we can, but we don't know. And, and in that moment, there was a lot of pain and there was a lot of grief, um, knowing that I was now immobile and, and that my life, I knew, I knew my life was going to be very different. And, and there was a lot to process and a lot to get through. Um, and, and, and then the road to recovery began, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then that looked like a year of physiotherapy, retraining my brain how to walk, um, MRIs to rule out brain damage, um, a lot of mental health, um, appointments and, and visits and, um, and just, you know, learning, you know, a new way of life that mm. I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I, I, this is, wow. I let's, I, I kind of want to unpack like a little bit deeper as far as like, okay, you get this news, things start to like unravel. It's too late to fix it you're you start to deteriorate different things like from when like how long until well, did this happen very sudden or was this over like a period of months this was like five, five days wow so, so like i was fine on a friday and the following the following by the end of the following week like i could i couldn't i needed to hold on to somebody to walk okay how did you how did you process that because that's not a lot of time to just completely no. go like walk us through the moment like that day five or like where were you at mentally like I think, like what was going through your mind I think because I was in so much pain 
excruciating pain. Um, I wasn't even focused on anything else. Mm. I just wanted the pain to stop. And for people who have experienced pain, it's exhausting. Mm. Um, so I was just focused on stopping the pain as quickly as possible. Um, you know, I was doubling up on, you know, Tylenol twos and, mm. and Advil's and at the same time, like every two hours, like I think you're supposed to take it every four hours. I was taking it every two hours, every hour and a half just to combat it. Um, so, so it didn't really hit me until the final appointment where they came back and they said, what do you do for work? And I said, I'm a professional paddleboarder. Like I'm a coach, like this is my business. And they said, like, crap, like, like, I can't, like, what are the chances of that being your, your job? Like balance is, is your thing. And, and, and yeah. So, so they said, we're going to send you for a series of appointments and, and we're going to try to do what we can, but there are, there's no, there's no promises. And, um, and then and then I think I, you know, I went to a really dark place really, really quickly. This all happened in early November. Mm. Um, I went into that Christmas. Um, I remember being at my dad's house and my sisters walked in the door um, and they had been warned. Uh, my face has significantly healed, but it was very sunken in um, and my eye was bulging out. Um, and, and I, I, I looked like somebody completely unrecognizable. And I remember them walking in thinking, I have to see them, not I'm going to see them. I have to see them. And there was a lot of emotional trauma with that, with allowing other people to see me. I was wearing an eye patch to protect my eye from wind and dust. Um, you know, when I looked in the mirror, I felt like I was, I had a month, there was a monster looking back at me. And there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of work that needed to be done. There was a lot of um, self-love and self-care that needed to be worked on but I wasn't at that stage. And I, and I really felt that that Christmas, um, that that was probably gonna be, I, I, I didn't want to carry on. I didn't want to go on, um, you know, as things were. Um, what and, year was this? So this was to, this was November, 2018. Wow. So just a few years ago um it's like a month before i started my podcast yeah wow i'm just trying to i always like to put in perspective where on timelines you know to think where i was at that time wow um and i think you know what a lot of people don't take into consideration which they which they should and they need to is that when something life-changing happens there is an emotional and a mental component to that. Um, there's a physical, which, which I was experiencing, um, but I, I, didn't, I didn't take note until it was almost too late of, of, of the emotional and mental strain that can take on a person. And where, and where that can take them, how, how dark, how ugly that can get. Um, but, but a lot of amazing things have come from that. Um, and often, you know, I, I talk like, you know, I, I speak on mental health and, and, I, and I write about it. Um, I talk about it in my book, I talk about it in, in my writings. Um, you know, breakdowns often lead to breakthroughs. And, and my breakdown, um, you know, opened up doors that, doors to opportunity that 
that you know I wasn't even aware existed before. Yeah, it's um, it's such a tough situation. I can't even imagine. And you know, there's a certain amount of processing and being in that that you're gonna have to feel. But at the same time, there comes a time where you gotta like figure out, all right, what's next. You know, because a lot of times people won't allow themselves to process that darkness. And it's really important, no matter what it is, because if we don't, it's just going to linger in our subconscious later on. It's going to show up in who we, in the things, the choices we make, the people we attract. So it's a challenging situation, man, because you, your whole identity had to shift. How did people treat you? How did you? How did that make you feel? Were, were, did people treat you differently by how you looked? Like family? Like what was the feeling that was going through your mind during that time? Like yeah. seeing the reaction of people was it different? Was it noticeably different? So, at first, you know, it was me at home, um, being bound. It was. It was. You know, my my parents are like I come from a split home as a child. Um, and it, and it was like that, like everything was gone. I was back at home. I was being, you know, traded off between my parents, like every 10 days. So, so that, you know, my dad would look after me for 10 days and then I would be at my mom's for 10 days so that they could have some relief, um, from, from this, because it's a lot, taking care of somebody is a lot of work. Um, but really it was just me and my family um, and a very select few very close friends who I allowed to see this, what was going on. Um, you know, eventually outings became physiotherapy. Um, you know, my, my mindset changed um, significantly during this process in, in the, you know, in the beginning when I was doing physiotherapy, um, I, I was still in a dark place. Um, I would, I, you know, I'd start going out for very short trips. I could hold the grocery cart um, at, at the supermarket. And, but like, if I saw somebody that I recognized, I turned my head. Um, I didn't want people to see me. My mindset, um, kind of retreated back into like a child's um, in that, you know, I'd go for physiotherapy appointments and I do exercises on how to, how to retrain my brain, you know, to walk, to walk straight and, and, um, and following these appointments, you know, my dad would reward me. Um, I'm a big movie buff. He would he would say, okay, we're gonna go see a movie afterwards, and, and I'm gonna get you popcorn and treats, and then spoil you a bit because because you need it. And it's also an outing. But I was very conscious, even in a dark movie theater, I was very conscious that there were other people, and other people could see me, and um, and they would be questioning why is this guy in his in his 30s why why is he using a cane and and why does his face look like that and, and that was that was a big thing I was also in the process of um you know I researched and found the top nerve facial surgeon in the country who would take nerves from my leg to to put them in my face I don't know if you've seen the movie face off where they, where they, you know, switch, switch phases, but that's literally what they do, what she does. She would cut from my ear to my chin and take nerves from my leg and put them into my face and then close it up to heal. And, and it can take up to two years for them to be ready to go in to do that. Um, because they want to make sure that it heals naturally on its own before before they go and do something invasive. Mm. And I remember going for these appointments and I'd have breakdowns every time. Cause I'd be, I'd be all amped up and be like, yeah, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have, I'm going to, they're going to sign off on this today. And I'd leave like shattered every time uh, that, that this wasn't happening. Um, 
and eventually, you know, I, I came to terms with that. Um, and yeah, that's two- where I, I, I kind of, let's, let's dig into this. So you're going through an incredible amount of adversity. Your life is changing your body's changing how people treat you. You got to do all these different things. You're in a dark place. And I, it's hard for me to believe that anybody listening that had to go through this wouldn't be in the same position and same dark place. Um, but what I like to know is, you know, what was it that, what was the moment that shifted it for you to get out of it? You know, was it a book? Was it a mentor? Like, you know, because sometimes in these situations, it's like you hear it from the right person and you can just switch. And that's what I always love to find out about these powerful stories is like, how did you switch your mindset to like, think that there was, there was an opportunity to, to, to build, get out of this because it's hard. It's hard to get out of the shit that we're in sometimes, you know? So how did you do that? So for me, it all came to, it all came to a climax. Um, and and it got to the point where my parents said to me, you need to get mental health treatment right now. Like this is non-negotiable. Um, a series of events led to that. And, and I, I did. Um, and I knew I was in such a bad place that the only, the only thing to do was to go. Um, so, you know, I had two appointments. This was the beginning of April. So this all happened in November. At the beginning of April, I went to two appointments back to back. The first was a specialist saying, you'll never get back on a paddleboard again. It's not a reality. Two days later, I went to a facial nerve appointment and they said, his nerves, I knew the terminology, they didn't know that I'd done my research, but I knew what they were saying. And they said that there's uh, evidence of synkinesis, which is um, uh, when the nerves are rehealing incorrectly. And, and that just did it for me. Um, so from that appointment, my father drove me to a mental health treatment facility and I checked in. And I, the moment that it all became very real was standing there outside this facility with my suitcase and watching my dad's Nissan drive away. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I've got to go in here and do this, do this thing. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough and you're just going to do it. Were you and scared? I want to yeah. know, like, what were you feeling when your dad drove away? Like, that's crazy feeling. That's crazy because you're, you're like, I'm here now. Yeah. What was no. going through your mind? My mind was that the court had ordered a bunch of people to be in this place, and I was going to have to go inside and be in here with them. <laughs> like, it was like, this is your new reality. This is a new low. Um, this is going to be hard work. And I remember I walked in the door and the first thing that they had me do was go and get changed and have a shower because of bed bugs. They don't want that in their facility, right? So they gave me clothes, um, track pants or whatever, while they washed everything that I brought. And my life became room checks and, um, and talking about things. and. And finally, you know, allowing my feelings to come to the surface and to talk about them. Um, And I left feeling nervous to go home because I had to see my family, (laughs) but I felt empowered. And I felt like I can go and do really hard things and I can make it through it. It gave me a confidence that I hadn't had maybe ever. Um, I didn't realize what I was made of until that moment. 
and then a couple weeks later, um, sorry, did you have a question there? Oh uh, yeah, I just turned, I keep it on mute when it's not, <laughs> no, I was just, <laughs> you could hear that, I didn't know you could hear that. It's a new mic, everybody, we're, uh, it's a temporary one. Um, well, no, what I was going to ask you was, you know, out of those things that they were making you do, what was the most valuable? Was it, was it expressing your feelings? Was that something you didn't do before? Because obviously there was some good that came out of that. And I'm just interested to know, you know, what was that? Like, what was the, what was the, the shifter for you? So there were different tools um, that were given to me to implement. Um, journaling, meditating, um, being outside, just being outside and here and listening to the birds. Um, you know, feeling strong enough that you can be real. I wasn't being real with anybody in my life. I wasn't talking about what I was going through. I was, I was you know, people would say, How, how's, how's your day today? And, and I'd say, yeah, it's fine. And that's it. I'd shut down. Um, it allowed the floodgates to open and say, I'm really struggling today. And, and, and that moved things along. I was finally telling people, um, I'm not okay today. Um, I'm doing great today. Like just being really honest and open with, with what I was going through. And being um, vulnerable and sharing your truth essentially. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. That's so great to realize that because there's so many people that, that that think strength is like holding things in and that's not real strength is being able to express you know some of the, some of the hard things that you're going through you know and it's like it's freeing it's like and having somebody listen and reflect and it's like it's healing you know it's healing it is healing no i um you know one of the things and i i i talk on mentorship quite often, like, like going into that treatment facility gave me a lot of confidence that was, that was, that was taken away. That was, that was lost. And, and it gave me the confidence to go and do things that I perceived as challenging or, or hard, or that I didn't think I would be capable of before. So you know, I, I went into that treatment facility. One month later, I got back on a paddleboard for the first time, even though doctors had just said that this wasn't a reality and that it's going to make you feel sick. And I got back on a paddleboard and I lasted for three minutes sitting down and I felt like I was on a carousel and it knocked me out for a day and a half, but I did it. And because I did it, that gave me the confidence to do it again one week later. And then a few weeks later, and then two months later, I stood up for the first time, just for a minute or so. But it's every win, big or small, sets you up for your next. It builds momentum. And you can leverage that confidence with yourself. And then you just keep on going. Mm. And, and you build this power, this confidence. Um, I talk about mentorship often. One of the things I did was I reached, I, I looked out for, um, and I, I think, you know, ment you know, it's not just kids who, who, who need mentors. I think we all do. Um, and one of the things that I find extremely valuable is when I am going through something and, and I don't know what I'm doing, I reach out to people who have experienced it before me. Um, so, one day I literally pulled out my iPad and I Googled famous people, my condition, mm. just to see, just to see who would come up because I needed to normalize this and put a face on it that I recognized. And a few politicians came up that I were that I was familiar with. And I thought, okay, well, that's boring. I don't, I don't want that. Um, and then there was the founder of P90X, Tony Horton, the guy, the fitness guru. 
And I found out that our shared condition put him in a wheelchair one year earlier. Oh, wow. Yeah, crazy. Um, he was super fit too. He is. He still is. Is he? He's worked, he's, he's worked himself back. Oh, that's good. Um, but previous Mike would have seen this and thought, Tony Horton, millions and millions of fans around the world. Super busy guy. You'll write to him. He won't ever write you back. New Mike thought, no, we are going to spend, we are going to spend a couple hours and craft a message to Tony and, and talk about this and, and build a relationship there because this is important. And, mm. and, and, and the confidence was there to now do it. And, you know, a few years later, Tony Horn's one of, Tony Horn's a mentor figure, Tony Horn's a friend, he's, he's in my book. Like it's, mm. you know, it's, 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 um, it's all about confidence building. Okay, let's unpack confidence. What does confidence mean? We can say these words. What does it mean to you exactly? And how do you personally build it? Because it's, you know, let's say, for instance, somebody like Tony Robbins said, confidence is built by keeping promises with yourself. So the little wins along the way, like, you, like you're saying, like, even if you make your bed, you get up, you check it off, boom. You, you know, the things that you say you're going to do subconsciously are like, I can do this, right? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I think the commitments that we keep, uh, that we make and that we keep with ourselves and with others, they add up. Um, and no, I completely agree. I completely agree with Tony there. Um, but I, I don't just think it's with yourselves. I think it's with others. When you make a commitment at all, keep it. Um, and bank it, bank it in your own bank and let it, let it build up. Um, confidence is, you know, reaching for things that, that a version of you might not once reached for, um, you know, go, go after things, dream big and, and, ju and just keep plowing through um mm. and you know every win big or small you know you you take it and it all starts it all starts with with the yeses that you say so so for me the first time I really said yes to myself was going to get mental health treatment the second time I said yes was when I landed in an opportunity to where I was around paddle boards and, and I said yes to myself the second time instead of saying no. And then that yes led to several other yeses until finally you're saying so many yeses that you just stop saying no to yourself. Yeah. And I mean, the way I see you show up now is, you know, you can tell that you're, you, you have confidence and you're riding that wave and it's great to see, you know, because you know, in just hearing your story, it would be very challenging for most to be able to see the bright light at the end of the tunnel, right? And to go through what you went through, you know, and, and to just be able to push through because a lot of people struggle that they don't think their story matters, you know, like I hear it all the time. It's like, oh, well, I don't have a story. And then they tell me, and I'm like, you don't think that's worthy? Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's crazy. You know, and, and I think it's some people need the permission to yeah. just go and, and, you know, push to have that story heard. And, you know, sometimes somebody just hears the right person telling a story like yourself. And that's enough for them to be like, well, I got one too. Let's go. Let's get this you going. Don't, you don't need to have, you don't need to have a story that is, hmm written about in all the big magazines you don't you don't need you know the story of the year what you need is 
a message and and everybody has a message everybody has several messages when it comes down to it um but everybody has a voice and everybody has a story and that story can impact other people and can change their lives if they choose to utilize it properly um so no like i completely agree with you there yeah yeah i think that that is really the secret to healing is that everybody if everyone realized that their story will matter to certain people and everybody just did that things would improve you know because there is there is there is a certain person people crowd stadium whatever it is that needs your message you know and that message is going to be different than the message that some of the big influencers or the people that we get intimidated by or we judge oh well they're this or they're that but that doesn't matter because we're we have our own unique story which yeah no i um so you know i was just talking about what happened in april and may in august um at the encouragement of a couple of people in my circle they said you know you have a story and 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 it can help people and it can you know we're going to send you this thing and they sent me this application for what's known as north america's largest inspirational speaking competition and and it's storytelling with a universal message and and it's all ted talk speakers and professional speakers and I'd never, I'd never given a speech before. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll submit it. And then I, I did, and I forgot about it. Um, and then I heard back and they said, yes, we want you. We want you to come and compete in this thing with nine, nine professional speakers. And immediately, um, you know, the confidence was there to, to apply for it. Um, but when when I found out about it, I was immediately stressed out. Like I was all freaked out. <laughs> like, like I was Googling people and I'm like, these people are on Goldcast and they've got millions of views. And like, what have I done? Like, this is crazy. Um, but I kept in my mind that there are going to be hundreds of people in this room. And if you uplift and inspire three, I most people would choose one. I I I I went for three. I was like, let's do three. Um, you've done your job. You've, you've, you know, if, if you can tell, tell a story with, with this message of, I said yes, and, and confidence, you'll have done your job. And, um, and everybody did their job that night. Everybody. Um, everybody who was on that stage did a great job. Uh, I never expected to win. I never expected, um, you know, Jay Shetty and Ashton Kutcher and all those people to share. Like that was just an added bonus. Um, but really when it came down to it, it comes down to your, your, your person, your, your couple people that you want to connect with and, and walk away feeling, oh, I just took that in. Um, and I think, you know, just everybody has a story, everybody has a message and you can change the world with that message. If you're open to, to doing so. Yeah, man, I'm proud of you. Good. Like, that's, it's awesome. That's, it's incredible what you've done, man. You know, I, I, I hope you acknowledge like that is so awesome. (laughs) You know, like it's inspiring for people because that's a big uphill thing to take on. Like even myself, if someone said to me, you know, if, you know, I got a crazy story too, different than that. But like, just the thought of that, I immediately would be like, nah, there's no way I could do that. Like, but you see the the conversations, the inner critic, it's all, we're all capable of doing this stuff. Right. right. Even, even, even in that moment where I found out, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And, and these are people who've done 10 TED Talks and, and have, you know, 
make millions of dollars speaking and I'm going up against them. Um, in my mind, I thought, I'm not paddleboarding this summer because I physically can. I'm at home recovering. All I have to do is physiotherapy, my exercises daily, and then I've got all this time to either nap and rest, which I need, or write this, write this talk and nail it down. And I had, I knew that I had that advantage that all my competitors didn't have because they were out there working and they were out there doing all these other things. So, so I took that and I just ran with it. And, and here, here we are. <laughs> what do you need to do every day to make your life better? Um, every day to make my, my life better, I need to sit down and, and write down three things that I'm grateful for every day. Because when we bring gratitude into our lives, um, it eliminates feelings of anger. How, how can you feel angry or sad when you're feeling grateful? Um, and, and just thinking and being appreciative of, of the good things. Mm. It's very hard. It's very hard to be angry when you're, when you're feeling grateful. That practice, the gratitude practice changed my life. Yeah. And, and, when you, and when you put it in onto paper, Mm-hmm. And when you write it down, it, it's taking an actual action. It's not just thinking about it. Like you're, you're writing it out. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes real and part of you. Yeah. I mean, my practice is, is, is like that, but it's in more depth, actually. It's like, I, I, cause that's the only way that I could, the only way that I could unprogram my scarcity mindset and all of that was like, so I got it from the book, the magic Rhonda Byrne. And it was really powerful because it was 28 days of gratitude and you write 10 things you're grateful for and why. And the why is really important because you can, you really have to think about the reason you're grateful for it and really feel it. And at the end you go, thank you, thank you, thank you. And man, I'm telling you, you know, this may sound cheesy or not, but I know so many people whose lives changed after those 28 days, like a bunch of entrepreneurs. And like, if you do, even if you do three, you do five, you do 10, but if you really commit to that for 28 days, man, your life literally changes and you can't quantify it. Sometimes the stuff, just we're energy. And if you change the way you are inside, the, the way you look at life will change around you. your environment changes. You start to attract these things. You start to like, and, and I know, you know, because you, you've been able to do this and I can really relate with you is that when my life gets squirrely, it's when I'm not grateful. Yeah. Like when I haven't done the things that I know work and I'm like, yeah. if I'm having a, a shitty day and it's 5 PM, I'm like, man, this day sucks. I'm like, well, did you do the things that you know work? Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Well, what do you expect? Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember, um, you know, there, there are parts of, you know, my, um, you know, Ashton Kutcher shared, shared the speech, like Jay Shetty shared it, like power of positivity shared That's it. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing, man. I remember thinking like, why isn't freaking Goalcast sharing this? Like, what is going on? And, and then I was like, stop, stop 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 this like like be grateful for all of this and i let mm. that go and i let that go and then suddenly i was on you know the second largest news media outlet in the world um and and it just and and everything was coming and moving along in a way that and i and i let that go and mm. And I think it's, you know, very, very much when you, when you stop and, and you go back into it, then the magic happens, then the, the doors open and, and things come to you. Um, and yeah. Love it, man. So your book crash and rise, if everybody's watching this on YouTube, it's right behind you. Um, what else are you working on right now? And where can we find you and check you out? Your website's yeah. great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, so it's uh, www.mikeshoreman.org. Um, you can find out about you know, speaking uh, engagements, opportunities. 
Uh, you can find out more about my writing. Um, I'm on the gram. I think out of all the socials, I I like I like Instagram the best. I'm I'm still working on the TikTok, but I right need on. to stop saying the insta and in, in, <laughs> in front of a social media because it's like the Twitter. I know. <laughs> like I'm aging myself. <laughs> um, but what about but YouTube? No, I, YouTube? I, I'm on I'm on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm I'm easily found i'll uh we'll make sure we have everything in the show notes and a tiktok thing man i'm i'm with you there's such an untapped <clears throat> organic reach there that i think we both could be utilizing more so it's always so this summer <laughs> um and this will just go to show like don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something mm. so you know a couple of years ago they said i'd never paddleboard again this summer i'm attempting i'm gonna say attempting because this is a it's a big thing it's gonna take me three days um but i'm attempting to become the first person with a disability to to cross international waters and go from one country to another whoa from from the usa to canada dude you're gonna do it i am i am you're gonna do it man you just just decide you're doing it i'm doing it um and and there are going to be people who are on my safety team right now. One of them is a social media. She's, she's a developer. She's great. Um, but she is going to be taking care of all of this on TikTok. So people will be able to watch the epic breakdowns that are happening out there. <laughs> when I'm 26 hours into this thing, thinking, what have I done? <laughs> like, so, so TikTok, I, I, I will figure it out. But yeah. Awesome, man. I always end with this question. What is the most valuable lesson adversity has taught you? The most valuable lesson adversity has taught me is that we are all very resilient people and we don't know it until we are pushed into it. And, and we are tough as nails and we can get through, we can get through what, what is being delivered to us. Mm. well said man i always leave the uh the easy question till the end <laughs> thanks so much brother i really appreciate you coming on this was a lot of fun i yeah, admire man. your courage and really dude keep it up man proud of you thanks Clint. it's always good to see you you too mike shoreman everybody thanks everybody if you guys got value from that share this with somebody tag us in a story if you feel called to do so, leave us a review on Apple. It's always greatly appreciated. And if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or go head over to YouTube and watch it there. We record all the videos for the podcast as well. All right, everybody. Much love. We'll catch you next time.